like beer? Do you love sports and beer? Then you're exactly where you need to be. This is the Huge Views and Brews Show on 1252 Sports Chicago. Cheers. How is everyone doing on this Monday night? Hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful time and staying cool. I am in the uh, comfort of my basement, which I like to be on, heck, a lot of times. I like to be most of the times in the comfort of my basement where it's nice and cool. Um, but uh, welcome in on a Monday night. I was not here last Monday, and I will explain in a second why I was not here. We're going to talk uh, baseball. We're going to talk some football. We're even going to throw some hockey in there, and we're going to talk some Olympics. That's right. Just a little bit of Olympics um, because we'll get into all that stuff and some beer talk. I am actually supposed to be right now at Miskatonic Brewing. And when I say supposed to be, it's because Miskatonic is doing a fundraiser for Skeleton Key Brewing. Skeleton Key Brewing, the good people over there, Paul and Emily Slayton and her brother John, the brewer, they had their brewery destroyed during the tornado on Father's Day. A lot of people, a lot of people in the beer industry have gathered together and have um, donated bunches of money and uh, tonight they have a nice little festival over at Miskatonic a couple of bands are playing there's 10 or 12 different guest beer taps um, lots of beer being poured and um, raffles and everything else all of it to benefit uh, the people over at Skeleton Key Brewing as they work on getting their stuff back up and they're working on getting the brewery back open we cannot wait until they do it because of that I am having a Skeleton Key beer. Now, I know I've had this before, but I've had an extra one in my fridge. I figured I'd grab the Scottish-style ale. And um, I have. this is only my second beer since last Saturday. And I don't mean two days ago. I mean 10 days ago, okay? Nine days ago. Who knows? Whatever the hell I mean. You know what I'm talking about. Last Saturday, not two Saturday, two days ago. So... This is my skeleton key beer as I spill it all over my script. Not like the thing scripted, but, you know, I got an outline. All professionals should have an outline. <laughs> Again, professionals. I use that term very loosely. Um, so anyway, let me take a sip, and I'll explain to you why this is only my second beer. Ah, okay. <laughs> Jeff is getting to us asking me about Novak Djokovic. Okay. If I don't talk about golf very much, I'm going to talk even less about tennis. So I hope you still watch um, because I will talk about a lot of other things, but tennis is not going to be one of them. Um, So anyway, last Monday, and again, I don't mean earlier today. I mean, last week, I was sitting around watching TV with my girlfriend, Linda, and got my arm around her watching TV. We're watching a show called Love Island. I know. Hey, you know what? You have... uh, you have your guilty pleasures and it's watching a bunch of young people on an island and stuff like that. So we're watching it. And all of a sudden my Apple watch says, Hey, you're in atrial fibrillation. Now who knows who don't know what atrial fibrillation is. It's basically an irregular heartbeat. There's top chambers in your heart are not clicking the way they're supposed to. And you're instead of your heartbeats going boom, 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 boom. Mine was going boom, 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 boom. And it's off. So it was an irregular heartbeat. I've had this a couple of times before. Go to emergency room for four hours. They say, hey, you're doing okay. Things are good. You're still an AFib. But um, just take it easy and see your doctor in a week. So I did. Saw my doctor today. We're going to take care of this. Uh, change the medication a little bit. Um, but I tried to not have any beers from the time I found out I was an AFib until yesterday. And uh, we'll explain that in a minute because our guest is going to join us in a couple minutes to talk about when I saw him and had a beer yesterday. And I, I don't think he paid for it, but we'll work on that in a minute, too. Uh, so anyway, I have not had any beers um, and just laid low. So it's been nice. <laughs> uh, Jeff Jeff Dandyman gets to me again. He says, all-timer, true Chicago radio icon. This is a treat. Need you and Brian Hanley more on ESPN 1000. You can catch, usually catch us on Saturday. If Brian had this last Saturday off, he'll be on this Saturday. So hopefully you can uh, tune in. 
and we'll have a lot to talk about because this week, think about it, this week, Thursday night's the NBA draft. The Bulls don't have a first-round pick. Um, the Bears report to training camp for their very first practice on Thursday, and it's the baseball trade deadline on Friday. So on Saturday morning, we're going to have tons of stuff to talk about, and we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff coming up in just a second. Um, my White Sox go to Milwaukee and um, drop the first two games. They score two runs in two games, and they always tell you that good pitching beats good hitting. Uh, yeah, that's what happened. Milwaukee had really good pitching, and the White Sox couldn't hit. And then thank goodness for Lance Lynn, not only pitching and hitting on Sunday night, Sox going to win. Now Eloy is back. The world's all right as Eloy is back with the White Sox. So um, we have White Sox baseball tonight as they're in Kansas City for the first of a four-game series that I was supposed to be at. And I guess it's a good thing we didn't go. I would have had to cancel the trip. I've already canceled trips with my brothers to Kansas City and Minnesota each of the last couple of years for various reasons, usually medical reasons. Um, so we're, I'm watching those games on TV. The Cubs got the Reds in town um, after they played the Arizona Diamondbacks. They won a game on Sunday. Not sure exactly what that means. We'll talk more about that in a second. Actually, let's bring out our guy now. Let's bring out Fat Mike. As uh, you see Fat Mike on his show, Fat Mike's the guy behind. There he is. Uh, the guy behind this whole thing, uh, 1252 Sports Chicago. Mike, uh, I, I saw yesterday you were a little sunburned. Could it be possible that you're more sunburned today? It's, def it's definitely for sure possible. Definitely for sure. I spent another few hours today in the pool hanging out. Sitting, sitting poolside, getting some, getting my laps in. You know, I gotta, gotta work on this awesome tan and work on this awesome figure before the wedding. So, you know, that's amazing. And and I did see you yesterday. Um, yes, Linda, Linda and I went to Stagecoach in uh, downtown Lockport, and I had a burger. And you looked surprised when I told you this burger. Listen, if I wasn't in a favor already, you would think the burger would have put me in cardiac arrest. <laughs> it was, it was a pretty big burger with bacon, onions, cheese and peanut butter on it. And uh, actually I found it quite tasty. And uh, Linda had a, uh, a grilled cheese sandwich with, uh, it was jalapeno popper grilled cheese sandwich with, um, you know, the cream cheese and also the jalapenos and that and cheese. So that was really good. But then we walked next door to Nick and Ivy yes. and I had a peels and clover, half of icing and she had her favorite. The 1853 is back on yes. tap and Nick and Ivy. So yes, that's, a, that's a good thing. So um, yeah, it was fun. That was my first beer in a week, but uh, you saw me yesterday. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. As normal, I'm as normal as normal gets. You, you look great. You look great. And as long as you're feeling great, that's all that matters, man. And keep on. I think that's what it is. You said that you weren't having a, you, you didn't have a beer in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Then you go into AFib. Yeah. So that we now, we now know the cure for, you know, ultra fibrillation. You just got to yeah. continue to drink beer. The, you know, the that's, nurse, that's what it boils down to. Yeah. The nurse asked me today, she, I said, are you going to ask me about alcohol? Because she asked me about smoking. I said, I don't smoke cigarettes. And she said, I said, you're going to ask me about alcohol? She said, okay. I said, I said, well, I don't drink much. I'm a craft beer guy. So like one or two. She goes, a week? I said, oh, no, no, more than that. I said, maybe one or two, one or two, three or four nights a week. I said, not, you know, and she just laughed. So, you know, I try to always drink uh, responsibly. So uh, that's, that's been something I'm working on. But I know you're more of a Cub guy. We'll get to the Cubs in a second. But yeah. because you're such a Cub guy, how do you feel about these White Sox? Because a lot of people say, Hey, every time you guys play a good team, the Yankees, the Astros, the Brewers, you can't win. Are you one of the Cub fans who see this and say, yeah, you know, if you're going to get to the playoffs, you got to beat the good teams? I'm one of the baseball fans that see it. I mean, they, they definitely they, – they, uh, not just the Cub fans. It has nothing to do with my Cubdom. It has more so to do with my MLB, you know, following it for years and years and years. I love baseball as a whole. The White Sox, they need to be able to compete against these teams like the Brewers, teams that are in line for the playoff spots, the Brewers, the Red Sox. Just uh, th let's let's keep the NL out of the question here for a second. But Tampa Bay, the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Astros, the A's—they need to be able to beat those teams because those are the teams that they're going to meet in the playoffs, Fred. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. Those are those are the best of the best. Those are the cream of the crop in the AL right now, and a lot of those teams have both pitching and hitting, just like the White Sox do. It's going to match yeah. up funny with these guys, and it's going to be. It's going to be a weird road when it boils down to it for this White Sox team with a bunch of guys coming off of injury. Yeah, it is. And uh, they got Eloy Jimenez back today, Luis Robert probably in a couple of weeks. But, you know, they still don't have a second baseman. Nick Madrigal went out with that injury. He's done for the year. And actually, when he got hurt, he was the best. He was the leading hitter for the White Sox, not average-wise. Right. But he had the most hits for the team. 
And uh, a couple of guys have come up and done the job. Andrew Vaughn out in left field. Eloy's going to DH today, which is good. Tomorrow he's going to be in the outfield. So every, all White Sox fans will hold their breath every time the ball goes up the left field. Right. Even in the minor leagues, he made a diving catch and everybody. I think half the people in Chicago stopped that are White Sox you fans. Were, I, I saw that on replay and I took a gasp. I was like, yeah. oh, no. Yeah. I was like, oh, geez. Okay, so now Eloy's coming back tomorrow, tonight playing DH. Yeah. Right. He's coming back tomorrow night, like you just said, that he's going to be playing outfield. From here on out, we, we had a bet at the beginning of the season. How many nets does Elo <laughs> Jimenez fall into this year? Now we're, we're already more than halfway through the season now. Nah. How it'll, many be at least, it'll be at least two more. There's, <laughs> two no, more way, there's no way he's going to play at guaranteed right field and not land to the net. It's going to happen because he'll go and then he'll fall in just after he catches a ball or something for a final out. There's, it's going to happen. And right. you know you gotta you gotta have the flexibility. I understand Larusa. He says, "Listen, I want to be able to play this guy where he wants to play. He wants to play left field. He's working at it. He's a young kid, but he's already gotten hurt. You know, playing the outfield. So right. you got to be. You know, you got to look out for the betterment of the team. And Andrew Vaughn has showed that. Listen, I'm a baseball player. You put me out in the outfield, I can catch a fly ball. Most baseball players can catch fly balls, and he has right. shown that. So is Gavin Sheets, who was a first baseman, and he's been playing right field." So eventually they'll get these guys back. They'll be all set. Their pitching has been tremendous. I mean, they've got, I think it's the first or second best pitching ERA in the American League. And, um, you know, that's that's what it takes. Good pitching beats good hitting. We saw it last week when the Astros came in. The first uh, two games, the Astros hitters were good. The Sox couldn't get any hits in the third game. I mean, I'm sorry, the first game. Uh, the Astros won. The last two games, the Sox pitching was tremendous. They couldn't, right. uh, didn't let the Astros do anything, and they got the base hits, and they won. Carlos Rodon's been amazing. He had a rough game the other day up in Milwaukee. So I'm looking forward to what they're going to be able to do. The Sox have never had pitching where you go to the bullpen. I mean, when the Cubs won in 16, they had Chapman. They, they were able to bring him in. Here's a guy throwing 100 miles an hour. The Sox now basically have a couple of those guys. They have Michael Kopech who does it, and slowly but surely, maybe he'll be allowed to go more than one inning. And then Liam Hendricks is pretty close to 100 also, and uh, he loves pitching. I saw him on the uh, ESPN game last night saying, hey, I want to pitch as much as I can. The more I pitch, the better. And you don't hear that from a lot of my um, relief pitchers. So I'm eager to see how that plans, plays out. It's going to be a fun second half of the season for the White Sox. There's no doubt about it. Um, they have a 10-game winning streak at Kauffman Stadium where they're at tonight for the first of four with Kansas City. They've outscored them 75-28. to 28. That's what you're supposed to do when you play shitty teams, right? You're supposed right. to run yeah, exactly. over them. Yeah. you got to be able to beat those bad teams. They've been beating yeah. up on the Twins. They've been beating up on the Tigers. They've been beating up on Cleveland. you got to continue to beat up on these bad teams. When it boils down to it, you got to win those games against these bad teams. Yeah. Because that's, so, that's how you gain ground. That's how they yeah. gain ground. Yeah, so I, I roll out of bed, and I see that Adam Frazier gets a deal, and he, side, he he gets traded to the Padres. And I'm sitting there going, okay, you know Adam Frazier. He's a pirate. He's a, The Cubs see him a lot he's during a the Cubs course of the season. He's a Cub killer. Yeah, he's a Cub yeah, killer. He's, right. he's a real good player. He, you know, hits from the left side. He, he gets on base, plays good field. He would have been the perfect guy for the White Sox to get. And all of a sudden, I see the Padres as if the Padres need a guy. It's funny. We talk so much on radio about the Padres because of Fernando Tatis and Machado, they're in third place in their division. It's amazing when yep. you look at it because the Giants are in first, the Dodgers are in second, the Padres are still in third place, and they're making moves like that. But that would have been a nice piece for the White Sox to get a second base. They still have a chance of getting Escobar, who was here with the Diamondbacks the last couple of days. His contract, I think, runs out at the end of the year, so they just pick him up. It would be a little cheaper probably as a uh, you know as a guy for the rest of the year. You know, just a rental for the rest of the season. That might not be a bad thing. But from your point of view, do you think they need another second baseman other than Larry Garcia and Danny Mendick uh, to to get through the the World Series? Do they need it? No, I don't yeah. think they need it. Would it help? Yes, definitely for sure. The one thing I definitely think that they need right now is the main thing that's been struggling with this White Sox team has been the bullpen. All right, you got the all these great starters in Giolito and Carlos Rodon and and uh, uh, um. Come on, the guy looks like me, Lance Lynn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, the fat guy, go to you. Well, uh, listen, guy, why, yeah. didn't, why didn't both of our fathers make us pitch, pitch a long time? It would have been <laughs> nice to make the money. He gets a right? two-year extension for $18 million. That's a nice thing. I'm telling you. 
They're, they're starting pitching, like you said to, earlier, Fred, their starting pitching has been absolutely phenomenal. It's been the rockiness as of lately as in that bullpen from seven, eight, yeah. nine, six, seven, eight, nine. I mean, the guys, there's there's plenty of guys around the league, Brandon Workman. There's guys like Craig Kimbrell that would help. Uh, a guy just outside of town, just up north a little bit. Craig Kimbrell would help this Sox team tremendously. Uh, there, there's a bunch of other guys that are out there that could definitely help this White Sox team. Do I think they need a second baseman? No, you can fill in. You can get those sporadic hits and have those guys, those fillers that Tony Larusa knows how to use perfectly. His entire career managing the Cardinals, managing the, the White Sox of old, the the Oakland Athletics of old. He knows how to use these guys perfectly. All right, he needs to be able to have his guys in the bullpen to lock down a game. That's that's the main thing right now, and it was yeah. looking good there for a little bit. It was looking good with Kopech, Crochet, and then going to Crochet, Kopech, and Hendricks. It was looking great there for a minute, but then it kind of started to slump there a little bit. Yeah. So they got, they got to get back on track there. Yeah, and that's that's something I think all White Sox fans want. You get coming into the season, you had Marshall and Foster and Hoyer and Bummer, and they were all coming back supposedly healthy this year. Yeah, they're healthy, but they're pitching like crap, and right. um, that doesn't help. The thing is, up on the north side, they have those guys right now with mm -hmm. Chafin and Winkler and Tapera. And I talked to Jesse Rogers from ESPN 1000 on uh, Sunday, and he thinks that all he goes at least two or three, two of those three will be gone, and he thinks Kimbrell will be gone. And we're going to talk about the Cubs in a second, but if I'm the White Sox, if I'm, if I'm Rick Hahn, I'll give the Cubs whatever they want if they can get one of those guys. And I don't, right. again, I don't, when I say whatever they want, I don't mean Andrew Vaughn or, you know, Michael Right, Colton. within reason, right. Yeah. But I, if you can get a Tapera or a Winkler, guys that have shown they can come in and do the job this, like they're doing this year, that'd be a great thing to throw them in because I don't know how many times you can go with Hoyer. And I saw a stat on Aaron Bummer. He's given up a 457 on base percentage to the first batter he faces every time he comes in. You're a reliever. You can't be letting guys on base to start, you know, you're a reliever. 50% of the time. Yeah, that's not Six, good. 16 of 35, uh, they were getting on base. And that's ridiculous. You can't do that. So the White Sox, again, they have a week that they should be able to win three out of four, if not all four, from Kansas City after going there with a 10-game winning streak at Kauffman Stadium. Frazier, he's gone. He's going to the Padres. We'll see what the White Sox do. Okay, the Cubs got the Cubs got the uh, the Reds in town. And I was looking up at the screen. I think it was Rizzo that homered. Um, I thought for a second it might have been Bryant. Uh, and – I'm wondering if these are, this is going to be the last four games in a Cub uniform for Chris Bryant, last four or five games. Do you expect him to be gone by uh, the middle of the afternoon on Friday? I hope everybody's gone by the middle of the afternoon on Friday. <laughs> and this is coming from a diehard Cub fan. I really yeah. hope they shop everybody. There is there is not one person on the Chicago Cubs roster that's value is worth anything at this point. Uh, everybody's value is at the lowest it's ever been in a Cub uniform. That's Javi Baez, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Wills Contreras, everybody. Everybody on this team. Kyle Hendricks, his value is nice, okay? But there's nothing stopping me from keeping Kyle Hendricks. Why not trade him? There's plenty of teams in the American League that could use a guy like Kyle Hendricks. There's plenty of guys along uh, all over that could use an Anthony Rizzo. You know, just, just do what you can because right now this Cubs team is at – it's a dead end. You're not winning with them, and you're not going to get any. You better get something for them because right now, the way it looks, whatever you do get is going to be is going to be just not that good. It's going to be flash in the pan. Minor league guys, their their stock is 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 dropped dramatically. Here's the thing yeah. about we talk so much all year long about. Uh, Baez and Bryant, and then maybe Anthony Rizzo. We thought he'd stick around, but he's had an unbelievably horrible year, both at the plate and in the field. He's not played well, and he always had right. that to fall back on. He's had the bad right. back that has kept him out. It's it's kept him out for various points in his career the last couple of years, but the Kyle Hendricks thing to me originally didn't make any sense, but the more you look at it, they say, well, Kyle Hendricks, is, if you get rid of him, you're going to be looking for another guy like that. Yes, you will. The problem is, with Kyle Hendricks as your pitcher, are you are you going to win over the next year or two with him as your guy? Probably no. not. So if you can trade him to a team that can use him and get a couple of really good young prospects back, 
That'd be a wonderful thing for the Cubs. Fred, yeah, definitely, for sure. And one, this is one thing that I've noticed over the last couple of years in baseball, and this could be – this is my own take. All right, people can look at me like I have three heads about this or not. I mean, <laughs> I don't really care. All right, but Kyle Hendricks, you're trotting this guy out on the mound every five days to be a number one, to match zeros with the best of the best in the National League and all of Major League Baseball. Kyle Hendricks does not have the stuff to match zeros with the best of the best. He is not a number one. He is not an ace. I've been saying this for the last two years. He is not an ace of a pitching staff. He's not. He's just not. What Kyle Hendricks is, Kyle Hendricks is a really good number two and the best number three in all of baseball is what Kyle Hendricks is. All right. That's the way I look at pitching nowadays. So if you can go out and shop him for something to get some, to, for for something in return, whether it be minor league prospects, a top, any top 100 prospect, there's plenty of guys out there that I like. There's a lot of guys in the top 100 that I really like that you can pair him up with maybe Anthony Rizzo because his contract is favorable. Anthony Rizzo, you know, he's he's about to buy time. He's looking for a new contract, but Hendricks' contract is really really forgiving and really appealing to a lot sure. of clubs. If you can send him somewhere, a team right now that's in the hunt, that has some major league prospects, buy ready prospects ready, what are you holding on to him for? Honestly, you're just going to waste this guy's career here being a number one starter? Like, he's not that guy. When you put him on you, – you, can you imagine Kyle Hendricks right now out in, in a Boston Red Sox uniform? Sure. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that not make Boston Red Sox that much better? Yeah, can yeah, you imagine no on Tampa Bay that much better? San Diego that much better? I mean, the, he's he, the, he he is he's a very good pitcher, and he is the best number three in all of baseball. But the Cubs are just going to sit here and let let him go to waste. Yeah, and there's and there's, there's, there's no reason to have it. No, there's a good chance he can actually pitch like this for the next several years because it's right. not like a it's not wearing on his arm. He's not throwing super long or things like that. And our guy Allen just puts up 117 innings, 23 walks, 87 strikeouts, and an ERA of 361. And he's and, what, 11 and four? Yeah, I mean he's he's got quality on starts on a shit Cub team. He's 11 yeah. and four. I know. You know, he, I mean, he, come on. He gets no help offensively. Rarely gets any help offensively, and he keeps him in it. Um, the Chris Bryant thing. The the Cubs. I thought what what was it? A month ago now at this point, maybe, when they were still tied for first with Milwaukee. I thought at that point, you just hold on to him. Hold on to him, play it out, and see how things go. If you don't re-sign him and your odds are you're not going to re-sign him, he's not going to stay here, then that's okay. You lose him, you get a second, you get a high pick between the first and second rounds in the draft. Because mm -hmm. what you're going to get for him is not going to be a whole heck of a lot more uh, unless right. you fleece somebody because all they're doing is using him as a rental for the rest of the year. Uh, the rumors have always been this year that the Mets really want them. And the Mets are not going to give you something, one of their valuable pieces. They're going to give you something, a double A or a single A guy. And he may, you may never see him. He may be hanging with the rest those Padres guys you got for you, Darvish, and uh, Victor Caratini. So they'll all be hanging together. But I think that moving him, it's so frustrating because I'm not a Cub fan. And we've talked – when I was on the air a lot with Mike Murphy, we talked a lot about Theo. Theo brought the Cubs a World Series, so everybody loves him. Theo also was unable to sign these guys to stay in Cubs uniforms, and all three of these guys with Rizzo, Baez, and Bryant all expiring at the same time. That's one thing that the White Sox and Rick Hyde were able to do. They were able to sign their guys, and then when they wanted to move them, they moved them, and there were guys, teams that wanted those guys because they had extended time left in their contracts, and it worked right. out for Chris Sale. I'm sorry, Jose Quintana. Uh, it worked out there too, but that those were nice things. And the Sox have all their guys under contract. Tim Anderson, Abreu gets a three-year deal. Moncada, all these guys are under deals. They're going to be here for a while. And if Rick Hahn wants to trade them, he can because he's got deals with all these guys, and that's right. a wonderful thing. So Theo left at the right time. If Theo was still here, he would have hated yeah. this. I mean, he knew what was ahead. He knew what was coming up. Right. Oh, no, definitely. Exactly. You knew exactly what the hell was going on. And, I, you know, that's where I give credit to Rick Hahn. All right. You know, he may not have been, he, he may not have been all gung-ho about hiring Tony La Russa. All right. And it may not have been his guy. It may have went to Jerry Reinsdorf. Fine. That's fine. All right. But Rick Hahn has done an exceptional job with the talent that he has brought in and with, with the guys that he's traded for, with the guys that he's resigned, 
with the guys that he signed off, off rookie contracts. I mean, exceptional job. Exceptional. I mean, if there's a GM award of the year or a GM, like he, he deserves to be in the running because he's done a, an amazing job with that Chicago White Sox team. The Cubs, on the other hand, you're right. Theo left when he's like, ugh. I mean, I think he was kind of like, get me out of here almost. You know what I mean? He saw these contracts expiring. He saw what it was going to take to get these guys done and done deals. And trying to get those deals done with no with with no progress on the field, I think I think he made the right choice. I think he made the yeah, right choice. I think so too. Now he's trying to fix baseball because he and all the other Ivy League guys that came in that brought up on base percentage and taking pitches and all the other stuff. Now they're now they've screwed the game up. So there's always all there is is walks, uh, walks, strikeouts, and homers. And now he's yeah. trying to fix it and change the game a little bit. Um, I'm telling you, if they move the mound back or if they move the rubber back, that's going to be bizarre. The whole, the, all the baseball world is going to change. Just give me, give me um, an automated strike zone and umpires to know what they're doing. And also the White Sox had a situation the other day with the, um, the call remote kind of missed home plate and they appealed, but they appealed late, but they were able to appeal because all this other stuff. Listen. The umpire down in the field should be able to explain it to all the fans that are sitting in the stands. In the NFL, the guy grabs a microphone and he says what happened on the replay. Baseball, the people in the stands just have to figure it out. They don't know. They have no idea what's happening, and they just have to sit there. And Major League Baseball is so behind the times when the NFL and even the NHL is ahead of you and doing stuff like that. It's like, come on. I mean, you know, you've got 40,000 people sitting there watching three umpires get together and then say, give the outside, but they don't explain why. They don't explain why they're able to do these things. It would make it so easy. But uh, hopefully, one I, of these I would like an automatic strike zone, too. Honestly, I would like the automatic strike zone, too. Yeah. I know. Get Some guys, people say. You guys like Joe West out from behind the plate. Yeah. Well, that would be nice. He's been around so long. You would think eventually he would leave. Um, yeah. A little bit of football talk because. The Bears are coming into camp this week. I was with you the night of the draft, and you were not a big fan originally of Justin originally. Fields. Originally, yes. yes. Yeah, originally. You went outside, had to smoke a cigarette. I think you thought, thought things over, came back in. Yeah. I don't know. You've changed your mind a little bit. But now when you yes. hear that when now when you hear that he's just gonna sit and learn all season, how do you feel going into a Bears season where they did make the playoffs last year? Now, granted, right. they added another oh. team, but Come they made on. the playoffs. They made the playoffs last year. Come on. You expect, expect them to be back there this year. They backed in the playoffs last yes, year. They, they did. backed in the playoffs last year. No, you're right. La the, during the draft, and I was not the biggest fan immediately because I thought that they needed O-line help. And the way that it worked out, it worked out swimmingly for the Chicago Bears where they were able to grab Tevin Jenkins in the second. I did not think that that was possible. Landing Tevin Jenkins makes me feel – I mean – one million times better about drafting Justin Fields. That being said, yeah, well, not seeing, not seeing, you know, the Leno and Massey as the two mm -hmm. tackles. That should make all Bears fans happy, right? Yeah, that makes me so much happy. And then, yeah. then grabbing Larry Borum as well from Mizzou. That, yeah. I mean, listen, I want the biggest, fattest, corn-fed, fat guy. That's what I want as my offensive lineman. That's what I want, and that's what they got. And that's that's. Yeah. That's perfect for me. Get yeah. somebody to protect the ass that you just drafted. Okay. Do I think that they'll make the playoffs this year? Ugh, I don't know. It depends. But do I think that Justin Fields is going to play this year? Yes, I do. I do. Andy Dalton hasn't had a healthy season in the last three seasons. So I do think that he Justin Fields will play. And once he is in the game, I'm going to give it week five at the latest. Ooh, week five okay. at the latest. Once, once Andy Dalton has a, a broken finger or a concussion – or a hamstring or something, rotator cuff, broken collarbone, bruised sternum. <laughs> that I mean, that's what's going to happen. And you're going to have Justin Fields in there, and he is going to take it, and he's going to run with it. And it's going to be amazing. I cannot wait for it to happen. Do I think they'll, they'll make the playoffs? No, I do not. Because I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to play. I've been saying it the entire offseason. He's not going anywhere. He's not retiring. He's not doing Jeopardy. He's not going out and living his life up on a volcano somewhere. He's going to come back because that's one thing that Aaron Rodgers likes to do is kick the shit out of the Bears twice a year. That's what he likes to do, and he's going to come back to continue to do that. 
There's there there was reports today, Adam Schefter saying the Packers and Rogers reached a mutual agreement upon terms that he'll come back and he'll be in camp next week. Um, I I was talking a little bit about this on Sunday on the radio, and I it's one of those things where I don't care. I mean, if he comes back, he comes back. If he doesn't come back, he comes back. I'm glad he's not our quarterback. Right. I mean, I'm glad he's not our quarterback now. It would have been nice to have him our quarterback all these last years. You'd you know? still take him, though. You'd still take him. But he's gotten to he's gotten to one Super Bowl. He's one in four in NFC Championship games. Okay, you talk so much. Everybody talks so much about Aaron Rodgers. He's gotten to one Super Bowl. So you know, you Dan Marino got to one Super Bowl. Okay, you you got to do better than that. And uh, unfortunately, we see that with Tom Brady. I'm a Joe Montana guy. I can spin here. I'll spin my thing around. You'll see Joe Montana stuff and Jerry Rice. And, yeah, there's a Montana over there, and I got stuff all over, all over the place. I'm a Joe Montana guy, but it's hard to say that he's the GOAT when you got the damn Tom Brady just keeps going out there and winning. Then he goes to a Tampa Bay team, and then they have winning. And not not knocking off chump change, but knocking off, you know, a Kansas City Chiefs team with Patrick Mahomes. So, I don't know. I'm an, um, I'm interested to see how it's all going to play out. They did get rid of Anthony Miller finally. and Thank God. You know, the phrase is, you know, the phrase, I don't know. I don't know where I heard the phrase, but stupid is as stupid does. And – when when last year with Javon Wims hit C.J. Johnson Gardner or Gardner Johnson whatever his however many names he has, when he hit him in the in the Saints game during the season got ejected. Then they're playing the Saints in the playoffs and they tell Anthony Miller and everybody, listen, this guy's a punk. He's going to pick on you. Don't react. And Anthony Miller hits him in a playoff game to get thrown out of a contest. You knew that when George McCaskey said, well, he wasn't real happy with that, that he was not going to be here when the season started. They finally traded him. They moved him and a fifth and a seventh round pick in order to get a fifth round pick back uh, right. next year. So that's nice. They did pick up some more speed. I'm excited to see some of their guys. Daz Newsome, a receiver they picked up in the draft. What yes. Darnell Mooney is going to be able to do. I, I don't care about Allen Robinson's contract. It doesn't matter to me how much money he makes. He's on the team. He's going to go out and catch the ball. So right. I'm eager to see how that works out. And I know it's going to be Andy Dalton. You sound like you think he'll be it'll be Andy Dalton until he gets hurt. I think so, too. Unfortunately, I think it should be Andy Dalton until you realize that Fields is a good, a better quarterback. And I don't know that that's going to happen. I think it's going to be until I, he gets hurt. I think they – honestly, I think they're going to know that by the end of camp. So do I. And they're, I think I think they're going to know that by the end of camp. But with the, the promise that we've all heard around Chicago that Andy Dalton is going to be the week one starter, they're going to trot him out there week one. But I think they're going to know that Justin Fields is the better option after training camp and everything is all done, after preseason training camp is all done. They're going to know that Justin Fields is the real deal guy. All right, yeah. now, They're going to know that. They're, they are definitely going to know that. But I'm saying by week five, week five, Matt Nagy takes a step back and he's going to be like, oh, boy, what the f- what am I doing here by not letting this yeah. kid rip, by not letting mm-hmm. this kid go and do his own thing? And it's going to be something. Now with the Anthony Miller stuff, I am I'm ecstatic to let him go. I wouldn't care if they got a, a a bag of deflated footballs and a bunch of kicking tees for that guy. They're lucky to get a sixth or fifth round sixth round pick, sixth round pick fifth, for him. Fifth, fifth. Oh, then they're extremely lucky to get a fifth round pick for him. All right. Yeah. And you're right. You said you're excited for Daz Newsom and guys that they drafted. Definitely the guy that, in my eyes, who's going to have a breakout year this year more so than he did last year is Darnell Mooney. That yeah. is my guy to click all year this year. I love this kid. Everything about, I mean, listen, even with two shit quarterbacks throwing him the ball last year in Mitchell Trubisky, who couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat, all right, and then and then, uh, uh, Nick Foles, all right, <laughs> I, with those two guys throwing him the ball last year, he still had a very, really good-looking rookie season. This kid reminds me so much, and I know I may be overstepping here because it's it's a lot. It's it's a it's a big comparison. This kid reminds me of Tariq Hill. Mm, he's fast. Okay. He's quick. He's strong. He's blowing corners off the five yard line. He's blowing them up, booming, and getting open. Look at I mean I know there's that thing all over Twitter. Look what he did to the Jalen Ramsey. I mean he had Jalen Ramsey beat on three separate occasions by five or more yards. We just don't have a quarterback that can get the fucking guy the ball. 
Yeah. All right. I, I I really like this kid. He's strong. He's fast. He's smart. He has the he has good get off off the line. I'm telling you, this kid's going to be something. We just got to utilize utilize what what strengths this kid has because he's going to be something to watch. Definitely for okay. sure. He is my pick to click this year for the Bears. Two other quick things. I was going to talk to you about the Hawks, but let's just say um, they had to <laughs> they had to offer qualifying contracts to some players. And some of the players, I don't know. I watch Hawks hockey, but I don't watch some of these guys. But Pew Suter is a guy that every time you seem to get the puck, right. he's quick, he's young, he's fast, and they didn't give him a qualifying offer. I'm not sure what all, in hockey lingo exactly what that means, but I know other than he, he's an unrestricted free agent. And with what he showed last year, I would well, find it hard for the Blackhawks to put more money out there than anybody else. Well, I mean, yeah, Pew Suter had a nice year last year. He had 14 goals, 13, yeah. or 13 or 14 goals. With 13 or 14 assists, he ended up with 27 points. But he's not the only guy that didn't get a qualifying offer. There's David Camp didn't get one. Uh, I want to uh, – Gaudette, and I think uh, Josh Dickinson didn't get one either. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, all of those forwards, they help you score. I mean, when you pair them up with somebody like Patrick Kane, guys to bring it, or um, who's the other guy that's out there that I really like? To bring it, there's another guy out there. Doc. Uh, I, I, Doc. Yeah, Kirby Doc, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, those guys, those type of players make everybody around them so much better. Uh, so, so camp didn't get one. God, that didn't get one. Dickinson didn't get one. You're suitor. Uh, do I make or break? No, but he did have a nice vein this year. It's a nice little to go after. I mean, it, do I hate them not going after it? No, this gives them room to give some room here, but they, they got mm-hmm. until Wednesday to offer him a contract to be like, okay. Now we'll give you a contract. Instead of signing the qualifying offer, we'll pay you this much instead of yeah. giving you the qualifying offer. It's, we'll it's, it's a good it, – I, 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 he'll still be here, I think. He'll still be here. Okay. You and I talked a little bit yesterday when I saw you Nick and Ivy, um, and I think we might have a commercial for Nick and Ivy coming up in a moment or two, which is great because our guy Paul and those guys do a great job. But um, we were talking about Ted Lasso. Now, I caught Ted yes. Lasso last – I caught Ted Lasso last year – when it was all over because I'm in the union. I'm in the after union. When I'm in the doctor today, the lady looks at my insurance card. She goes, Hey, you're an actor. I said, I'm not an actor. Uh, I'm a radio guy. And I said, I get the same insurance that George Clooney gets. So anyway, we were laughing, but I watched it at the end because they sent us, they sent us the entire year on DVD. Um, Last year, was it all dropped in one day, or did it drop like it is now, where one episode a week? I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah, it dropped. I to ask you. So, so it's an Apple TV thing, and I, you know, listen, I cheat. I'm not. Yeah, we're not gonna, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't <laughs> gonna get the cops after you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not. A, I'm not a part of the same insurance insurance program that you're a part of. Um, so yeah, like I, I cheat and I rob the internet stuff, so I get it all at once, once it's all over and done with. But yeah, it'll be a once a week thing because it's part of Apple TV and Apple TV. That's how they release it. But yeah, yeah it's a great I, show. I, 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 yeah. I think we should I, we should get a plug for Ted Lasso. I think. I know it's, it's a, a great tremendous show. show. I, I watched it once and I liked it so much. I brought it to my girlfriend Linda. We sat and watched the whole thing again. She goes, "Why well, don't you have to watch it again?" I said, "Are you kidding me?" I said, "I can't wait to watch it again." And uh, it was wonderful. So I'm I'm going to wait a little while because it's a hard it's a show where once you see it, you want to see the next episode and. Yes. Uh, like on, on Disney, on Disney Plus, I'm a Marvel Comics guy and stuff like that. So I have now watched Loki and it's over. So now I can sit down and watch the whole thing. And uh, yeah. there's a lot of other stuff coming up on that. I'm excited so to watch I'm, that I'm, too. I'm, I'm really excited to watch that too, yeah. Yeah, I'm all geeked up for that stuff. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to uh, I appreciate you for jumping on. Uh, I wasn't sure what was going to happen today when I went to the doctor. I saw you yesterday. I knew it was pretty good shape. And um, I figured I'd be able to get on. But uh, having you on is, is always fun. We do enough talking about this kind of stuff when we see each other. So I thought doing it here on the pod would be good. <laughs> well, thank you for having me again, Fred. I really do appreciate it, man. You're the best, man. Thanks for having you're me. On, you're on Wednesday, right? I'm on Wednesday this week. Yes, sir. Okay. I'm going to be doing a lot of bitching and moaning about our Chicago Cup, my Chicago Cubs here. <laughs> if nothing changes, I'm going to be doing a lot of B&M. A lot of b and I'm sure you will. Yeah, I'm sure you so. will. Mike, while I'll watch it, while I'll watch it on Wednesday, thanks a lot. Thanks, Freddie. Okay. Um, Fat Mike, he's the guy that does all this stuff. He puts it all together. He's the guy. He's the brains and the brawn behind 1252 Sports Chicago. And uh, he also grabs the advertisers, too. Among those advertisers he grabs 
and he grabs Nick and Ivy. He, he grabs Jonathan Darren, the real estate guy. Let's take a look at one of our sponsors before we talk some beer. Hello, this is Paul from Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. We are located at 1026 South State Street in historic downtown Lockport, Illinois. We are very excited to be partnering up with the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show as well as the 1252 brand because we are one of the few Chicagoland breweries that embrace sports and sports culture. Come in for a fresh brewed beer made right here in Lockport while catching the game of your favorite team. Stay for the live music that we have booked every weekend or just come for a cozy atmosphere to enjoy a good conversation with a friend, loved one, or complete stranger. Nick and Ivy makes you feel right at home no matter what the occasion is. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. Visit our website for our up-to-date tap list or to go shopping on our online store at nickivybrewing.com. That's N-I-K-I-V-Y brewing.com. Come in today for a fresh brewed beer born and raised in Lockport, Illinois. Great place, great time, and Nick and Ivy on a Monday night. Paul's usually pouring because Monday nights are busy in downtown Lockport. They have the car show down there. And uh, one of these Mondays, maybe uh, after the show, I can head on down to Nick and Ivy. And uh, they got music on the weekends, all kinds of great stuff and great beers. I had the Peels and Clove. It's their Hefeweizen. And um, they got the Fat Mike Lager. You want a, a lager, a, a easy-drinking lager, the Fat Mike Lager. Very, very tasty. Before I get to some beer talk, a couple of guys asked a couple of questions. I want to make sure I get to them. One of them was uh, my guy, Jeff Dandyman, and he asked about the USA and uh, Jamaica soccer game. Now, I, by the time I got home yesterday, I uh, had stuff going on, but by the time I got home, I caught the last 25 minutes of regulation time, and the USA scored a goal. They beat Jamaica. They are playing in the semifinals of the CONCACAF Gold Cup. They played Thursday night against Qatar, and um, there's a lot of young guys. They don't have That's as many it. goal scorers. <laughs> as they would have in the other situations. They don't have the guys you would think they'd have. They don't have the Pulisics and uh, the Kristen McKennies and things like that. Um, so it's difficult. They're going with some younger players. Now they've gotten to the semifinals. That's a good thing for the future of USA soccer. Um, I'll watch the game on Thursday, see how they do against Qatar, and then they're going to end up playing Mexico. That's usually how it works when it comes to Gold Cup play. Also, uh, my guy, Bruce Beckman, he asked me about the Chicago Fire losing their announcer. Now, last year, when the Chicago Fire decided to move to Soldier Field, they brought in Arlo White and Tyler Terrence as their announcers. Now, Arlo White does a lot of games for the uh, Premier League over in England. So he's in England a lot of times. But because the seasons are, are different, he was go expected to be here last year to call games for a couple of months. But because of COVID, he was unable to get out of England. Uh, he did come and call four straight Chicago Fire games here. Tremendous caller of games. Uh, I love Arlo White's passion. He's a big, he's a Chicago sports fan, but he's a Cubs fan, but I still like him. Um, he does a great job calling um, soccer. He just started their own podcast. It's called the International International Soccer, Intercontinental, I'm sorry, the Intercontinental Soccer Podcast. I listened to the first two episodes with him and Tyler Terrence. It drops every Thursday. You can get it on Apple and a lot of other things. Uh, but it's very, very good. But they had an agreement. Um, Arlo White is in Tokyo now. He's calling some Olympic soccer. He called the women's game uh, the other day. So he is over in Tokyo calling some Olympic soccer. Then he will go to England and resume his duties of calling in English Premier League soccer. So Tyler Terrence will stick around and be the announcer for the Chicago Fire and a young kid, I want to say 26, 27, does a good job on the broadcast. And uh, it's nice to hear some young guys doing soccer play-by-play. -play. And uh, it'd be nice if the Fire can win a game or two. I was supposed to go to the game Wednesday and Sunday and, and Saturday last week. Um, Wednesday against D.C. United, they gave up a, uh, the game-tying goal with a, a penalty in the box in the 87th minute, uh, 83rd minute maybe. And then on Saturday, um, they lose. They outshoot the opposition. The other goalkeeper makes, I want to say it was 12 saves or something like that. The fire was all around the net, but they couldn't put one past them, and they end up losing uh, on um, Saturday to Toronto FC. So they have some games coming up. They hit the road now for a little while. We'll see how they play out there. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that I'll be going out, out to um, Miskatonic Brewing. The Skeleton Key 
brewing uh, strong relief benefit is tonight. They have beer, they have music, they have raffles, all to benefit the uh, people over at Skeleton Key Brewing. And it's not only the people that own it. Um, and um, Paul Slayton, Emily Slayton, um, and also Emily's brother, John, who does the brewing. But it's also the bartenders there and everybody else that works over there. Uh, Vicki Reed, who is our general manager. Vicki is one of the people that got me into and introduced me to most of the people in the beer business, along with Justin Maynard and uh, Chet Brett. He was our guest a couple of, about a month or so ago. So I can't wait to get over to Miskatonic Brewing tonight. It's available till 10 o'clock. So if you're watching and you want to hop in your car, head over to Miskatonic Brewing. Maybe I'll see you out there. Um, looking forward to that. Goldfinger Brewing, um, my guy Thomas Beckman, his uh, brewery, a wonderful brewery, making lagers and pilsners. He's got a couple of special ones coming up this weekend because it is their one-year anniversary for uh, Goldfinger Brewing. I cannot wait to get there on Saturday. Going to stop in there for a beer or two. And also, Open Outcry, John Brand, on the south side of the city. Uh, they just celebrated four years, four-year anniversary for those guys. And it's great having all these breweries in the area, in the Chicagoland area. You can hit them all. They all work together so well, and we see how close they are and how they bond together when something happens, like what happened with uh, Skeleton Key Brewing and how they all bond together. Some other things I talked about, Nick and Ivy, yeah, they have the 1853. The vanilla cream ale is back, and my girlfriend Linda loves that. Tastes a little bit like beer and cream soda. And you would think, ooh, that sounds weird. It tastes great. It tastes very, very good. It goes down well. I had the half of ice and the peels and clove. That was really, really good. I saw the Buckle Down Brewing in, uh, in uh, Lions, I think it is. And uh, they have a one-inch punch. Now, when you hear one-inch punch, if you're, a, if you're a fan of Bruce Lee, his thing was a one-inch punch. And um, there's a whole documentary about Bruce Lee talking about him and his his uh, form of karate and um, his one inch punch is a big thing. But they have a one inch punch beer that's canned. It's a hazy IPA with mosaic and lotus hops. Can't wait to try that. Also, get on over there right away because if you like pina colada flavors, and I like pina coladas, I'm a beer drinker, but if I'm sitting by a pool, if I'm sitting by a pool, I'm on vacation somewhere, but I'm drinking a pina colada hideout. They have that on tap right now. It's a New England style IPA. They also have a raspberry party pillow, Hefeweizen. I love their party pillow, Hefeweizen, so the raspberry just makes it very tasty. And they have a dreamsicle. It's an orange mango hideout, okay? So it's a New England IPA with some orange mango flavor. Sounds really, really good. Got to get out there and see my guys, uh, my guy Ike uh, Orcut. And um, one other beer thing I wanted to mention uh, before we get to my our segment of the week, which we usually do, um, a Wisconsin bar. And I don't know the, the name of the Wisconsin bar. I just saw this online. But they renamed one of their point, the from Stevens Point Beering, Beer, Point Beer. They renamed one of their point amber ales at the bar, the Crybaby 12, because of Aaron Rodgers. Now, this is in Wisconsin. So they renamed it the Crybaby 12 after Aaron Rodgers um, was slow to come to camp. And we'll see. Reports are he's going to get to camp uh, sometime next week. All the camps in the NFL opening up this week. The Bears on Thursday. They report Wednesday. They get to camp and practice starting on Thursday. So there'll be a lot more football talk in the weeks to come. And hopefully not a lot of injuries. That happens every year when we get to these kind of things. A lot of injury times. And unfortunately, a lot of times some of the best players in the league are done before the season gets underway. Each and every week we do a segment called What's Up Fred's Can? I didn't think I had anything, but uh, hey, I came up with something. So let's do it. Well, maybe it's just because you're ugly. Ugly? You gotta be kidding me. Oh, come on! Time for What's Up Fred's Can on 1252 Sports Chicago. Okay, I may have bitched and moaned or complained about driving um, on the expressways in the past. If I haven't, I should have because I do it quite often. Um, and I don't drive downtown that much. I drive downtown for work on Saturdays and Sundays and for Chicago fire games, maybe on a Wednesday night or a Saturday night. But I was driving downtown on Wednesday. No, on Sunday night. No, slap myself. The one beer. Um, Sunday morning, I was driving downtown. And I'm going 65 in the middle lane. So that's already 10 miles over the posted speed limit of 55. 
the most unsafe thing driving on the Stevenson on a Sunday morning is going anywhere near the speed limit because as I looked behind me, there were two, three cars rapidly approaching in all three lanes. And one zipped around me, the other one zipped around and in front of me. And they were all going, if I was going 65, they were going upwards of 90. And it's the most unsafe thing there is. Now, I do I do speed on the expressway, okay, 75. I usually don't like going to get into 80. Eh, you know, pull back there. Set the cruise at 72 and the cops wave to you. But I'm trying to figure out if me complaining about people speeding is is worse than me. I'm also upset when people get over before the lane says they're supposed to. When you get off at the Dan Ryan, people are getting onto the Dan Ryan and they, they get over beforehand or they're behind you and they get over into the turn lane. It's like, hey, there's a lane there. So is it weird of me that I don't mind speeding, but I also don't like when people break the law by going over the lines too early and merging too early? I don't know. I'll just leave that with you. I'm sure you probably have some of the same thoughts and some of the same concerns. If you don't, I'll just chalk it up at me being crazy. And it's like that a lot. We've had a couple of people that uh, over the last couple of weeks were ready to come on and because of various reasons have been unable to. We're going to talk to uh, Charles St. Clair from Black Horizon in a week or so. Also get my guy Mike North is going to come on with me in a couple of weeks. Dion Miller from Channel 7, ABC 7, uh, has said she'd love to come on. She's been busy the last couple of weeks. And uh, I expect to be fine. Um, I'm only having one or two beverages um, and probably no more for a couple of days during the week. The, the ticker is going to be fine, I promise. Uh, the doctor told me everything's going to be good. So I just, uh, I was glad I was able to join everybody today and do another one of the Hubes Views and Brews. We'll do it again next Monday night, 7 o'clock. Make sure you don't miss any of the other shows. There's all kinds of great shows, Turtles Takes. You've got Angelo and the, the shows he does. You have Schuster and Grobstein, the Grobstein Schuster Express. Also a show that David Schuster does with a guy from AU Sports about collectibles, things my mom threw away. Uh, some great, great shows here. Make sure you check them all out on YouTube, on Twitch, and also on Spotify the day after. You can hear the audio of all the shows, including this show, Hubes, Views, and Brews, every Monday night, right here on 1252 Sports Chicago. Have a great night. Let's go Sox and Cubs. Uh, Cubs are tied, Sox are losing. We'll see how things go the rest of the night. Thanks for listening.